Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey, Matthew, I want to give the our family, our Sin 315 family, a little peek behind the scenes. Okay. It's been a little crazy for the last 30 minutes, hasn't it? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I haven't had a day like this yet. <laughs> and while you're juggling a thousand different things and you got software down and all of that stuff, I'm on my way over here. We mixed up the times with our good friend Bobby Yates, and then there's a traffic accident right at the corner, and I'm just sitting there being patient. We've got a lot of adrenaline going. Bobby Yates, Amen. welcome to the show. How yeah, are you, man? Thank you very much. I'm doing yeah. great. I think, Bobby, you're one of my friends that I need to catch up with your energy because mm. you are love on fire. Mm. Amen. You are. Amen. And that's Amen. the name of the ministry that you're currently doing Sweet. and we're partnering with and helping with in every way we can. I'm excited about that, man. Very, very much so. I want to talk a lot about love on fire, but we've got to know a little bit of the journey to Jesus and to where you are now. We used to, in the first season, Sarah Main, who's been a co-host and a producer, and I'm a very good friend, she used to put episodes up and say, just like you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was like, that's not exactly right. <laughs> Bobby Yates, just like you. Mm -hmm. Now, people are just like you in, this, in the sense that we're all redeemed from a place that we were, and Amen. we were all lost. Yeah. We were all estranged from a loving, heavenly Father who wanted a relationship with us. But yours is interesting, <laughs> the path you chose before Jesus. Yes, at a loss of words. <clears throat> Very interesting. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it so we get a flavor for pre-Jesus, Bobby? I was raised, I have a great mom and dad. Thank God they're still alive at 93 and Whoa, 90. Right Sorry, Mom, I didn't mean to give your age. <laughs> um, I had four sisters. I had a great life, very loving family, up a little kid playing Little League, eight years of Little League, and just very loving family. Right on. I was a boy. Boys are boys. I was a bit mischievous. I had four sisters, so I had to make sure the boys were ahead. That all took a drastic change when I was 14. We had moved. When I was 12, my mom had twin girls. And all of a sudden, whoosh, went all my attention. <laughs> of course, I love my twin sisters. I love all my sisters. And that all went great. But I got lost in that two years. So I didn't know that I even had an identity other than I was Bobby. My mom loved me, everybody loved me. But I didn't know that I even had an identity. And I was looking for some kind of acceptance. One of my older sisters, love her to death, Cheryl. She's just always been a, a great motivator in my family, just like Carol and my two, two twin sisters. But I got hooked up with an old boyfriend of hers. And I'll just go, his name is BK. And at 14 years old, I was a mama's boy. And all of a sudden, whoosh, I was whooshed into construction labor and became a carpenter that I worked in the field for 30 years. And it yeah. did. It walked me down a very, 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 very dark path. In this, not only was I ushered down that path, and once again, all my choices, but he was very abusive emotionally. I was a young kid and I was ready to get out and work hard. I was a pretty fit kid and Everything was, 
you know, oh, you this, you that. It was just that harsh construction, thinking that the more I belittle you and more I tell you that you're nothing, the harder you work. Mm-hmm. And that beat me down for years. And Kevin, I believed that was who I was. Yeah, That was it. That this is who. So it's still a, an issue of identity. At first, you're just lost in the crowd. Next, you're told that you're a piece of dirt. Exactly. And so that's been beating on you that whole time. Yeah. So where to go from there? Went from the alcohol into the crystal meth, the cocaine, and he got his construction license. So he had quite a bit of money. So it was just funneling all that down to me. And I was a very good carpenter. I was very hardworking, very strong, and but I still believed that I was nobody. Yeah. Nobody else would hire me. So he had me lured and locked into where he had his claws latched into me, and I was just follow, even to the point of going to very violent extremes with and for him. So yeah, led me down a very, 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 very dark path. Years of drug and alcohol addiction, as I shared, a ruthless sexual addiction that took me down very dark, 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 dark places, ruined many lives along the way due in relationships and stuff like that. It was just, it was terrible. I ended up with 22 arrests. I've been in over 300 fights. I loved fighting maybe more than the girls. I liked fighting. I loved it. I was good at it. I got to where I was doing it, behind bars, making money, and I I lost once in 300 fights. But all along, I was losing the whole way. Yeah. And I do have to say in the mid-'80s, I one of my best friends that I drank and I used with is Steve Sim, still today my best friend. Hmm. He's a quadriplegic and one of the most amazing men I know. I would go to his house, we'd go walk the park, and he'd do his little wheelchair. And But I'd walk with him, we'd go, and we ended up one day at Grandma Posey's house. Grandma Posey. <laughs> Grandma Posey. This beautiful little old lady, one tooth in the front, just loved the Lord and everything about about her just was saturated with Jesus. Everything she said, nothing she would say or do was anything different than that. And I remember sitting with Steve that day in her front room, eating that ham sandwich with one little skinny piece of ham and a piece (laughs) of cheese, but was like the best sandwich I'd ever had. It was in the company. It was in the company of Grandma Posey. And she said, Bobby, she goes, I'm just going to say it. You're going to be a pastor someday. Hmm. And Kevin, I was deep still using and still drinking. And so nobody could see this in you. No, you're walking down the street and they're going, oh, yeah, there's a guy. He's, he's a pastor. No, that, nobody could see. No. But Grandma Posey. Nobody could. Hmm. Even my family, anybody, it was just, no, this is going to happen. But Grandma Posey saw it. And she said, someday you're going to be a pastor and you're going to be ministering to people like him. And he pointed to my friend Steve, who is quadriplegic. Mm-hmm. Then, oh, right? Yeah. Wow. So instantly, yeah. 
instantly. <laughs> you turned into a pastor? For, no, no. Instantly, so. we left Grandma Posey's and went and got a quart of beer and drank more. And that went on for another few years. This was long before I even got clean and sober. In 1991, because I don't want to get stuck. The old is gone and the new has come. So I don't want to glorify that. But right. I know there's a lot of listeners out there, Kevin, that are either struggling hard with those addictions yeah. or they have been and maybe they don't know a way out. Yeah. Or they have a family member, somebody they just absolutely love and they don't see a future or a hope. Yeah. Absolutely. And absolutely. here you are. Yeah. God gave you a future and a hope. And what's gone on now, I look back, there's no question to me. Only Jesus could pull off what was pulled off in my life. The best I could do got me to where I was. The best he could do got me to where I am. In 1991, Kevin, I woke up, and it was like, I was done. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I've ruined every value, everything my parents ever instilled into me. I can't do this anymore. If I don't stop, I'm either going to die or I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prison. I'd already been arrested 22 times, but by the grace of God, I never did actual prison time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, let me tell you. It's wow. <laughs> like, how, <laughs> it's a big, I've been sitting it's in, a long, big, with a lot of O's, wow. After I got sober in 1991, my mom made that phone call. She goes, we know just who you need to talk to, and this is Mike Proctor. Mike Proctor was a, a Vietnam vet, a big, big, burly guy, and I was a guy I needed, not the little fluff. I needed someone to grab a hold of me, and <clears throat> he said, if you ever lie to me, we're going to fight, <laughs> and you would never win. And he was a tough guy, but he walked me out of that, but he led me to a very solid place of sobriety. I was I went eight years sober from alcohol and crystal. I dabbled a little bit of marijuana, which was not the smartest bet for me. But I made it through I made it through those next eight years. And <clears throat> I remember sitting in the Superior Court. I had eleven warrants for my arrest. I got nine DUIs, all these fighting charges and a burglary charge and all these things. I was sitting in court and I was sure I was going to do time. Yeah. The court attorney told me, he said, man, you could do up to five years, Bobby. And I walked into court and here was, I'm not going to say his name, but a superior court judge was a very dear friend of our family. And I was like, yes, I'm in. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And he and I walked up to the pulpit when they called my name, and he says, Bobby, before you say a word, this is not going to go like you think. And I was like a deer in the headlights. And he didn't give me prison time, but I, there were so many things and stipulations that yeah. were put on my life. And I did not want to go to prison. I was sober now. My life was changing. But Kevin, when we talk about that initial introduction to Christ, Grandma Posey spoke it. And 
I never thought much of it since, till quite a few years after I got saved, me and Steve were sitting there, and we both at the same time, oh my gosh, Grandma Posey, she's spoken into existence. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was searching for a church because I knew it was like the whole higher power. And those of you that are involved in recovery and the higher power thing is working for you, I want to share with you, that's great. But for me, it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. Just the higher power. The doorknob for some women, I remember a lady saying, my higher power is Hank who rides a Harley, blah, blah, blah. Whatever those are, for me, I tried them all. And I knew I needed something different. And I asked at an AA meeting, I said, you know what? Does anybody know of a good church? Oh, Jesus. Yes, exactly. And a friend of mine that I'd known for uh, quite a few years in the recovery, he just jumped up. And he, he was like, yes. Hallelujah. And he walked me right outside, Calvary Chapel Lakeside. And That's so, where so, you, our youth venture was there so for Jesus. a while. Oh, Bot- my goodness. Now, yeah. Pastor Bill Botker, he was the first one to receive me. And, <laughs> but it wasn't a question for me. It yeah. was like, okay, this is what I need to do. And I walked into the Celebrate Recovery. That same friend at that meeting said, come on, Friday night, come to my meeting. I walked <laughs> in. I just said, okay. I'm here to get oh, saved. So How do I do it? How does it work? So <laughs> it wasn't cool. this grandiose thing of people going, oh, yeah, we're beating the drum for you and all these things. No, it was like I was ready. When I was 11, I gave my life to the Lord at one youth, little youth yeah. Bible study with a friend. Never again did I think about it or anything. I believe he never left me, never forsake me. Mm-hmm. Amen. But he promised. 100%. All those years of darkness. 100%. All those, along with those nine DUIs, I totaled 14 vehicles. And just through all the years of going out and collecting money for drug dealers and all this stuff, at one point, shiver to say, I went up against a Mexican mafia by myself and did quite a collection with them and just different things. It was just... That path was so crazy. When I went to that meeting, I knew I'm not going to do this anymore. The the recovery was working for me, and those of you that are out there, and you've got years of recovery, praise God and keep doing what's got you there. Amen. But it doesn't have to be only there for you. Yeah. For me, it was when I realized that I needed something more. So let me ask you this. How did that transformation from, yep, I'm giving my life back to him again, right? You've been there the whole time. I recognize mm-hmm. you. You're God. You're my Savior. Here we go. How did he start putting you to work? Well, because, that, man, all that energy you put into all that bad stuff, you put that energy into the kingdom. I believe that for those of us to take life to one extreme, God will take us to that farthest extreme because we've experienced that craziness of yeah. an extreme that he'll take us to the other. I, I and have said over and over again with people that have been on the show, people that are radically saved. And I looked over there and I actually chuckled. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> look at all those holy rollers. That was my thought. <laughs> and the guy saw me and he walked out and we shook hands and I was like, oh man, I got to get out of here. And so I turned around to walk away, and it's like Christ grabbed me by the back of my neck. 
Oh, my. Okay. Boom. So I went back. Two weeks later, I was sitting in the front row of the Horizon School of Evangelism, totally sold out. This is me. I'd taken that long jump. It was for their summer session, five weeks. Following that summer session, it was like, you can't get rid of me. You can't let me go. I have to go to the next one. So they, through some meetings, they let me go again for another five months. That's what saturated me and yeah. sent, here, sent 315. That's what sent me. So it just launched you into sharing launched, Jesus. Launched me. And the craziest way is I can share, and I'll try to be brief, is they put me in a clown outfit. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. This hardened, tough, hardened guy fighting all these years and all this crazy stuff. And we're sitting in a meeting, and everyone, oh, this guy's going to go. He's going to do the preaching. They're going to do testimonies, this and that. And, and you like, are going to be the clown. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want to just be carrying around everybody's jacket. And two or three people said, oh, clown ministry. And I was like, hold on a minute. You guys don't know who you're dealing with here. If anybody would have called me a clown back in the old days, the we, we would have went to the ground <laughs> if they would have made it that far. And so sure enough, here we went over to the ministry, the leader's house. And next thing I know, he said, okay, go into the bathroom and see what you think. They had just put an outfit on me, a wig, and I was like, man, this I'll tell you, this was really tough for me. But I walked into the bathroom, and I was looking at the floor, and I was afraid to even look into the mirror. And they'd given me the name Bobo the Clown. I was of like, course. Oh, goodness sakes. On. This oh, is so awesome. Come on, Jesus. And I looked up to the ceiling, I said, Jesus, are you sure? And I opened my eyes, and here's Bobo the Clown, big red nose, oh, goodness. purple hair. See, this is Bobby Yates. It's Mike Tyson? To Bobo the Clown. <laughs> exactly. Now, that's transformation, baby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and through that clown outfit, a couple weeks later, he taught me how to do illusion shows. He spent weeks with me, learning, teaching me. And when I got into missions, that's where H. Horizon School of Evangelism took me was to missions, and I was locked. You went international, right? Oh, yeah, we yeah. went international. I went first with my mom to Africa with Dream for Africa with Bruce Wilkerson. And there I met a pastor. And out in the field where we'd be out in the middle of nowhere, I'd break out. And people, kids were getting saved right and left. Moms were getting saved right Because you're getting right their attention wow. through doing some illusion or oh, something. It, yeah, yeah, it gets yeah, their yeah. attention. And then oh, here comes boom, the gospel. And all the way through, each illusion had a gospel message, uh, a different point hmm. for them. And, man, so many people were getting saved. And that was my heart was evangelism. Yeah. And before that, before getting saved, was helping people get sober. I'd gone to state, got my degree to be a drug and alcohol abuse counselor. So I was locked in, and my heart is, was, and still is to help people. And mm -hmm. I was asked to go back to Africa. We did 47 schools in five weeks. And thousands of kids, whole schools were given the life to the Lord. Then he goes, you can't go home yet. Can't go home yet. We got to go to prison. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to walk into prison. I don't know if they'll let me back out. Yeah. And it went on from there. But 
that's where God launched me in the ministry was as a clown. I wish Grandma Posey would have told you that part of the story way back then. <laughs> she probably knew. <laughs> yeah. She probably He's knew. not going to be able to no, accept no, this. We'll, no, we'll, we'll just, no we'll, she held the reins back a little bit for me. But after that, after getting in the school of E, I was like, man, okay, where am I going now? Boba the Clown, back in town, that's great. But man, there's more. And I got a call from my older sister, Cheryl, and she has boarding care homes for the disabled. Mm. And she says, I've got this gal, just got her as a new client, and she's just begging for Bible studies, telling me, Bobby, this is my right. It's my, Cheryl, it's my right to go to, to have a Bible study. She goes, can you just come over for a few weeks? <clears throat> so I did. Happily, first week I had three, then I had four, then I had eight, ten. We had to move out of the care home we were in. That's when Pastor Bill Botker in, at Calvary Chapel Lakes, I said, hey, come down here. Right on. And that's where it started, first with Love Month Ministries, yep. which we, God, when I say we, God and I, not me and God and I, yep. we'd built it up to over 100. And hmm. we outgrew Calvary Chapel Lakeside. We were down at the Rockies County, and then we went over to another place and came time where, you know what, we're going to release this. So we, we released that to the team that we had through some not-so-bright circumstances. But then I realized, man, okay, now what? And yeah. my associate pastor now, Tom Cameron, great man of God, just a, he's been a great man to walk along this path with. Path with. He told me, he goes, hey, I was like, okay, I'm done when that whole split came. He goes, Bobby, we're not done. You're not done. And God is definitely not done with you. Because we had 30 people still calling us, what do we do? What do we do? What do we yeah. do? So we started up on my mom's <clears throat> up on my mom's front porch out on her patio. We <laughs> started again, Love on Fire, and here we are, eight years later, and in two thousand nine. Through Eleven Month Ministries, we—I was still going to Africa, and we did 550 wheelchairs to Africa th hmm. through free wheelchair missions wow. and hand delivering them, and just all of that. So it was apparent, very apparent to me, that yes, I'm called to do evangelism, and I love evangelism. Nothing better to me than to hear somebody praying to accept Christ as their Savior. Because yeah. I know, Amen. Kevin, what it meant to me. Amen. I know what it meant to me. And I know that's what launched me from the old to the new. I could yeah. have not got here without Christ. There's no way yeah. it could only have been I only Christ. know a bit of it, and I agree with you. Absolutely. And I want to share, if I may, to those of you out there that are wondering, man, where do I go from here? What do I do? I'm going to throw out our church family's foothills, and I want to share that this is a place where you will feel so loved, so accepted. You're not going to be judged. It's just it's a very welcoming place. Find Christ. 
find somebody who can share with you. Look me up. I'm Bobby H. Look me up. All I'd be happy to share with you my path and what God can do when he gets a hold of you. And the thing about it is he made you uniquely and wonderfully made. You might never had a vision for being Bobo the Clown getting kids saved in Africa, right? That might not have come up, but more than you can hope or imagine. For everybody that's listening, not only the listeners that that love Jesus and are just looking for a place to serve, because that's part of it, right? But looking... People who are in their life who are just looking for fulfillment. They're just Mm. looking for hope. They're looking Mm. for so many things in all of the wrong places. This is a message to them that they can stand with those folks that they think could never, ever be redeemed. Amen. And that they can speak a, a word of life to them. You may not be thrown into a clown outfit. Your future may not be a pastor. It may just be you're going to walk out the plan that Christ has yeah. for you because he has a plan. That's right. He has a dear plan. I can only say that because I'm living it. You know what, Bobby? You're the perfect person to pray for him. Pray for the people that are listening yeah. right now, wherever and whenever they are, because mm-hmm. this is going to be up forever, mm-hmm. and who knows who's going to stumble across it. Let's let, just pray for the Amen. people that are listening, would you? Amen. Lord, I come to you right now, and I just pray, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, because in the name of Jesus comes so much power. I pray for that person. The one person right now, you that are listening, I pray in the name of Jesus that as you listen to this podcast or others, that you will feel the presence of Christ. He's not staircases away. You just reach out your hand and he's there. It happened for me and it can happen for you. I'm not going to hold back on praying for a complete healing of your past. Yeah. Whatever you've gone through, the darkest to the joyest. But I pray that you will feel Jesus' hand come out and touch you. That you will experience the living waters, the love of Christ that I experience. And I still experience every day to the point that I'm now able to share that with 100 people with disabilities every week. Hmm. Lord, I thank you for this person that's listening to this. And I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you will touch them in such a radical way and that they will know that they aren't stuck where they're at, but you have a grand plan for them. Just give them the power to open their hand and allow you to take it, Father. Mm. Pray your blessing over them, healing for their past, and guidance to a bright future. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bobby, if somebody's got a family member that's disabled, how do they get in touch with you so they can get them to Love on Fire or a ministry that may be in their area because it goes all over the place? How can they get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me through www.loveonfire.org. Now, Love on Fire is spelled L U V. O-N-F-I-R-E, www.loveonfire.org. Or you can get a hold of me, Bobby Yates, at 619-672-0461. I would love to hear from you. If you do have an individual in your family with special needs or you know somebody that does, 
we found that their love for Christ and their need for Christ is so strong. And what we do, we just love them. And you could probably use a volunteer or two, couldn't you? Man, let me tell you, we are in, I don't want to say dire need, but this ministry, not everyone's called to this. Not everyone's mm-hmm. called sure. to this ministry. Some and are. So we are always looking, and if you have any doubt, please get a hold of us. We would love to get you out and get you locked in. The need is huge, and the workers are few, and we could really use Yeah, and the fruit is really cool, because I know wow. some of these folks for sure. Wow. So if you've got somebody who needs this kind of blessing, if you want to plug into it and be a part of it, or if you can't do either one of those two, you can write a check to Love on Fire. Amen. Yep. God bless you, man. Bye-bye.